Hello everyone and welcome back to Creative Footnotes. I we're on a roll now that I am comfortable here in Atlanta and we're getting back into the normal swing of things. And today I am joined by a fellow photographer, which is great because I haven't really had an opportunity to talk to another photographer yet on the pod. Um, so I have Evelyn here with me in my room. Hello. <laughs> um, and I met Evelyn at SCAD, actually, for those of you. I think I gave an update last time. I don't actually even know if I did. A lot of you guys know that I graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design last year. Um, I did everything online. And then I moved to Atlanta to work at SCAD. And now I'm not doing photography specifically. I'm doing enrollment events but in the course of me working there especially over the summer during our summer programs Evelyn was an instructor for our summer programs which I think would also be interesting to talk about that um but yeah we I had to go ask her about some legal forms (laughs) (laughs) the first time I met her and then realized that um I'd seen her work on the walls in SCAD and that we had really similar styles. So I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit. Um, so you you did graduate from SCAD, right? Yes, in just, June. Just recently? Yes. Yeah, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. I handed you your diploma. Well, not you. Sp- I handed the diploma to the girl who was handing diplomas to the person who was handing That's diplomas. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that you yeah, were Yeah, I was wearing a robe on stage. It was oh funny because I, like, sent the link to all my friends. And I was like, look so at me on funny. stage. And I was like, it was the one that had, like, the big yeah. wings on the arms. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Did you um, see the kid who did the backflip? Yes. Oh, and my God. almost died. I missed it. I was looking down. And, like, <laughs> I heard the noise. And everyone go, whoa. She and I almost, was like, whoa eight yeah like and not in a good way no I went back and watched it it's so so crazy I can't imagine he's so lucky but yeah so congratulations first of all because that's a big accomplishment just graduating from school at all right like yeah (laughs) celebrate all the wins especially that one because SCAD has like a heavy course load yes I think people really underestimate that I think so too. Yeah. And I think especially because it's on a quarter system and a lot of people aren't familiar with that. So mm. they're like, oh, you're only taking three classes. Like, that's mm. like only easy three. peasy. Like, that's yeah. such a joke. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, the studio classes are so intense. Yeah. So. You know, I think being online and a lot of people kind of will double take when I tell them about how I've done SCAD now, you know? A lot of things that really pushed me into doing that mostly were, A, I didn't want to move to Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with Savannah. I'm just, to me, it was kind of like glorified small town. Yeah. But with SCAD in it, you yeah. know, which is just not quite my speed. And it would be a lot of moving with, you know, three animals and myself mm-hmm. just for like two years maybe of school. Yeah. You know? So, and I didn't really know enough about Atlanta at the time to come here. And it was quarantine. So mm-hmm. everything was closed anyways, basically. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want a school that has a developed online program. Because the one thing I saw that really was unfortunate for a lot of people in school is their school didn't have a system mm-hmm. set up for that. Yeah. So they were just really struggling and it was not convenient for people who were paying a lot of money. And I was like, well, I don't want to add stress to my life. Right. You know, but I think that I didn't really have studio classes like I was a full-time student and I still did all the things like even drawing and stuff but it was on like my own time yeah you know so I feel like I ended up doing 
it, but it might have been like a little more lax, even though I was always doing schoolwork, that yeah. I could kind of do it on my own agenda. You yeah, know? definitely. Well, and my whole first year, so I did dual enrollment and joint enrollment my senior year of high school. Mm. So I came into SCAD with a year of credits, but I was starting SCAD end of 2020. So mm, okay. it was like around high, the same time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So my whole like first year, which was technically my sophomore year, but I still had to do like the freshman class like thing right. mm-hmm. um, was all online, which was interesting too to start online at SCAD and then move to in person. It's like they're very different. But yeah, it was kind of the same thing where it was all of my like foundations classes where I was like drawing 3D design. Oh, my God. That was my least favorite class ever. Yeah. Drawing was, and it was crazy because, like, drawing, I, and I think I've told this story before, actually, on the podcast, but the first assignment she ever had us do was to draw a shoe. And I had, like, no drawing background. I think I did the same thing. I literally cried on my floor because I I was like, how? How? Because it was, like, literally the first assignment, like, no instructions yet. And that was the point, right? Mm -hmm. So you could compare after learning what you did. But I was just like, I didn't even know where to start. I was like, what? Yeah. I, it was. (laughs) I honestly, that I did that exact same assignment, and I did that while I was doing the joint enrollment while I was in high school, like my senior year. I had I took the drawing class because I was like not at my high school at all. I was doing dual enrollment at one college, like a community college, and then I had like free space in my schedule, so Scad let me take a class. Mm. So, which was very interest a very interesting experience, but. I had the exact same assignment, and I can't tell you how many, like, breakdowns I had in over It's a class. really wild. Drawing is really hard. But I did learn a lot, though. I, I did, feel too. like I got a lot out of that class, but, yeah, drawing is... I think hard. the one thing I took with me, like any other area of expertise, is that truly anyone can draw. Yeah. As long as you know some of the foundational things and you just practice it a lot. Yeah. Like, I drew a still life that, like, actually looked like what was in like front was of me, in, yeah. which was mind-blowing to me. Or yeah. even working with charcoal. Mm-hmm. That's charcoal was so also really fun. Yeah, it Once was. you get the hang of it. Yeah. But you really have to learn, like, those blending techniques mm-hmm. and the little, I don't know, it's not paper, yeah. but yeah. you oh, could really use paper towel. What is stuff? that, like... I yeah, like stuff. there's a bunch of different things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was really cool. And I'd always, you, you know, I feel like you hear there are people who are naturally gifted at drawing. Yeah. But something I think I, I just wrote off growing up was that, like, you really can if you practice. Anyone can draw. Definitely. It's just about learning those foundational things. It's yeah. like photography, no, right? No, literally. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of drawing and, well, definitely a lot of photography, but I think it's prominent in drawing, too, is, like, training your eye, like, mm-hmm. how to look at a 3D subject and transfer it to 2D, like, on paper. I think that was, like, like, once you start to get that down, it gets so much easier. Absolutely. Like, hold, like, there's only so much that holding the pencil a certain way is, like, gonna change, or, like, you mm-hmm. know, the medium is gonna change, but then, like, once you start to, like, be able to see it differently, I think that was helpful. Yeah. For sure. One of my teachers had said, like, half of drawing is just looking mm-hmm. and after a few weeks I was like oh oh yeah because no, truly you're like looking <laughs> at things their relationship with space yeah. their relationship with light how you can transfer that and like yeah it's yeah. crazy and learning yeah, some of those sure. tools so like mm-hmm. how to like look at things so that you get the right angle yeah. and like with, measuring like with your thumb yeah, yeah it's yeah. super neat um so speaking of that though how have you always done photography? Like, what was your introduction to art? 
So, so my introduction to art as a whole was when I was really little because my mom's an art teacher. So mm-hmm. she, it was like just, oh, and I was just always like into art. So I had been doing like mostly drawing really while I was like little and in school. And then I had a really horrible drawing teacher my freshman year of high school and did not take art again in high school. Oh man. And that's kind of when I got into photography and I actually started with concert photography, which is like so backwards of how it's supposed to go. But I just like, I was really into like music at the time and my dad used to produce concerts. So like when he was back in college, so he was like super into me being into music. So he would like take me to all these concerts and I brought my camera one day cause I had absolutely no idea how it worked. I was like 14 or 15 and um, they were like, oh, you can't take your camera in. Like if it has a detachable lens, like you've got to put it in your car. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't really expecting them to let me. And then my dad like went and talked to the like people at the merch table and it was like a small venue. And um, they're like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, like, go get her camera. Like, we'll give you a photo pass. And she can, like, go up to the front and take pictures. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, she's 15. That's like (laughs) And um, so I did. I had absolutely no idea how it worked. But um, I got to be, like, in front of the barricade and take pictures. And while I was up there, I met this guy who, like, is such a real one because if he didn't give me this advice I probably wouldn't have been able to keep shooting concerts but he like basically gave me the rundown and told me how it works like how you get passes and like find a publication to shoot for or like make your own and like get passes that way and he like gave me all his information so I could write to him and like ask questions so then after that I like did all of that I did I like shot for a little publication for a while and then I didn't like that because I wasn't able to get all the shows I wanted because I was like kind of not competing against the other people at the publication but like we just kind of had to fight for the good shows because we all wanted to shoot them Mm -hmm. so like if there was a show I really wanted and I didn't get it then I was like man I wish I could just like request my own passes so then uh I eventually made like just my own website for it and made it look like a publication like it really is not a real publication but um it was called it's okay I'm with the band (laughs) and and it's still like running I just I don't really shoot concerts anymore so I don't post on it but um so I just started posting like all of the concert photos I had even if it was just like an okay iPhone photo at the time I would like edited it as much as I could and put it on there and tried to make it look like a real publication and I just started like requesting passes with like using that and I would just be like hi I'm Evelyn I'm on assignment with it's okay with the band and I'd like to request the photo pass and and it worked (laughs) so I just started doing it that way um that's awesome and then yeah it was really fun and honestly I think it was really good for me to start that way because I think if I had started in a setting where I had all the control like in the studio or like learned from like classes and stuff where like you really have to think through what you're doing or like you get to make those decisions I I don't think it would have been good for me because I think I needed like like because with concert photography like you don't control the lighting you don't control what your subject is doing like it's much more of a documentary process I feel like Mm -hmm. because you just show up if you have a photo pass for barricade you usually get three songs to shoot and then you can either shoot from the house or you have to like put your camera in your car so 
I feel like it was good to start in that setting and like learn what the settings actually did and like all of that. And I have so many bad concert photos because <laughs> it's really hard to shoot a good concert photo, especially like when you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. But it, I think it was like really helpful to learn that way and then be thrown into a setting like SCAD where I was taught like all of the rules and like how to take a good photo and the technical stuff and then like got to be able to like shoot in a studio where right. I had all the control because I found I really like having the, all the control mm-hmm. but I think it was good for me to have both skill sets because I think I could go I'm a little neurotic <laughs> so if yeah. I have too much control I'm like never gonna get anything I done. definitely understand that do you feel what do you think that you can remember were some of the more difficult technical things to learn starting out in that environment I mean, truly, I just had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Like, the lighting is so tricky in those situations because it is so dark and you're relying only on, like, all those moving lights that are colored light. So it's not, Mm -hmm. it's, like, tricky. There's, like, like, red light was horrible to shoot in and lots of artists like red light. So that would be really tricky. Or, um, like, I just really, I never, I, I was never the kind of person who, like, geeked out on the technical stuff or like equipment like I was just more into like capturing a moment or like the content Mm -hmm. I could have definitely it would have definitely helped if I was like really into the technical stuff and like actually tried to figure out what I was doing but really all of the technical stuff was hard for me like I did not know what shutter speed or ISO or any of that meant I just figured it out by like playing around with it Mm -hmm. so I don't think I ever really actually knew what any of those meant like what it was actually doing in your camera and how they were interacting with each other until I took a class you just like would experiment shoot and then see what the result was and just go from there pretty much yeah Yeah. which meant like I had a lot of throwaway photos but you know it was I think it was a good way to learn though yeah I feel like I forget that that's kind of the learning process only because I've been shooting for so long. Yeah, I Like, agree. I was so young when I started shooting that, like, I not to say everything I take is good, because that's, <laughs> no, a, that's a reach. That, yeah. But I forget how much, when I look back really at my darkroom work from mm-hmm. high school, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so <laughs> basic, you know? Yeah, but I, yeah. first of all, had never shot on film before, really, yeah. like that. Like, I had shot on my parents' film camera, but it wasn't, like, a whole role myself. It was yeah. like they would set it up for me and let me take a picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just learning even the basics of, like, composition rules, you yeah. know, I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, I definitely, like, it took a, years of development for me to get to a place now where it's easier for me to just look and do. Yeah, you know? definitely. But like we were talking about recently about the studio work is I still am not a very techie person like yeah. people will ask me what camera I have and I'll literally forget I'm <laughs> no, like as long as it takes an image like it's cool with me yeah. you know like I can adapt um but I feel like that's something that would help me just kind of level up a little mm-hmm. bit more so just be more aware of the kind of different tools that you can use and the different cameras and like you know even lenses I still get yeah. a little like no me I'm fuzzy I have no idea what's really going on <laughs> no truly me too but what's so funny is and I didn't expect this and like people always say like oh, I don't know the saying I was I thought I knew the saying and I don't I don't know the saying it's like something about like if you're teaching or something you're always learning or oh for like, sure for me or something like that and I really found that to be true when I was teaching the summer mm, courses mm-hmm. 
because I like realized, oh, I don't actually know what ISO means. Like I know what it does. I know how to control it and when to use which settings, but I have no idea what it means. <laughs> and so like th <laughs> things like that were like so interesting and it was actually so helpful to like relearn that right, stuff as when I was teaching. <laughs> whoops, when I was teaching um like the high school students and that was actually really helpful and I feel so much more confident in that stuff now than I did before but I still am like so what setting would I use in right. like, this yeah like I got a very similar experience when I would host my like meetups mm -hmm. because there were a few people who throughout those experiences like they never one of them he had never used his camera before um and was just like asking me questions and it made me have to step back too and try to hit him with also philosophical questions of right. like this is how I would shoot this because this is what I like mm -hmm. after developing my style what what like appeals to you when mm -hmm. you look at this scene yeah outside of just the technical things because yeah. that's like a whole part of it right yeah definitely like I'm a very much I'm a wide angle girly I like to like really incorporate a lot of the scenery in with the person. Mm -hmm. I don't like things being cropped super close. Mm -hmm. So I usually will shoot on a wider angle lens and have yeah. like the whole entire scene in it. Or even when people take pictures of me, I hate when it's like super zoomed in to mm -hmm. me and it's just like my waist up. I'm just yeah. like, I want the whole thing, you know, but it's like things like that that you realize about yourself. Or like, okay, I want the whole scene in it and the yeah. buildings and the shape of the trees has something to do with what I'm shooting mm -hmm. or I'll shoot from low angles or weird angles or I'll be laying on the ground or yeah. things like that. Whereas you may not, you don't just get taught that per se. You just yeah. do it by experimenting. You no, know? definitely. Yeah. I'm a 50 millimeter girl. Like I love, I, I love tight crops, but it's always like a medium crop for me. Like I like a subject that is centered in the middle and there's mm. like a super even border around the subject. Like that's nice and clean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love the like very graphic kind of thing. But then I also like I really appreciate and enjoy like wide angle stuff because my brain just doesn't think that way. But mm. I love looking at it. But my like when I'm taking photos, I don't see or think in that way. So I think it's really interesting to like especially one thing I really liked about SCAD was like everyone once you get into your major photo classes and you're only taking those everyone has such a distinct style and mm -hmm. especially in assignments where it would be like we're all shooting basically the same thing they all come out differently even though it's like the same subject or like we're mm -hmm. just using the same light or whatever the assignment may be but I love that kind of stuff yeah like, I love the like understanding how other people see it in relation to how I see it and like it's cool like stylistically too I'll do a lot of things with handheld tools like prisms or mm -hmm. actual physical things I'm holding in front of the camera to mm -hmm. distort it as opposed to doing it afterwards um and something I've noticed is that I really enjoy a soft focus like right mm -hmm. now something that's like super in that I've noticed just trend wise is like really crisp like you can see every mm -hmm. aspect of the image and yeah. I kind of like the opposite like mm -hmm. my whole like world building is like dreamlike so things are like quite yeah. soft or like almost like blurry yeah some of them are just like blurry right, some of right. them are on that borderline you know and it's interesting because when people look at my work now, mind you, it's been, like I said, like years of me kind of getting into my groove, but people will, the, one of the first things that they'll say is it's very like ethereal, mm -hmm. which I like, because that's like one of the things I had written down 
like in my vision right. book, you know, yeah. like this is what I want to describe my work. But then you also get people who don't get it. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's an interesting part of being a creator, right? Yeah, so like even yeah, my dad, yeah. like my dad loves my work. He yeah, supports yeah, yeah. me, but he just doesn't get why it's not in focus. Yeah, yeah. You know, to him, no, it's totally. like, it just goes over his head. So I'm curious, like, I think I've just developed that by actually tapping into like what I want to create, you mm-hmm. know, like what do I enjoy like that's why i really like like gucci campaigns because mm-hmm. they're very editorial but also yeah. artsy yeah. they walk that line yeah. and they're very like funky and weird mm-hmm. um and that's just kind of something i fall into over time so do you feel like is there something that you've noticed that helped you get to where your style is or do you still like you're yeah. still kind of discovering it i think i'm at a point where i'm trying to like expand my style or like apply my style differently than I have been um but there's definitely like I really I love Kelia Ann McCluskey's work mm-hmm. and she's such a queen I love her so yeah same. um and her work I think is like probably she's probably my biggest photo inspiration like mm-hmm. it's everything she does just like it's almost like it's like scratching an itch in my brain kind of thing like it just looks like perfect to me um and so she's been a huge inspiration and also just like Pinterest like I'm such a Pinterest gal like I before every shoot like I have trouble and this and this may be different for you it's different from honestly most other like creatives that I know don't have a similar way of thinking and when it comes to this but I'm like I did a commercial track at SCAD because I really I found and I didn't expect this of myself but I found that I really like having like almost creative constraints that I have to like problem solve within kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I don't I'm not the kind of person where I just like come up with an idea out of like it's very hard for me to just like not have an original thought but kind of like have an or just like not have a starting point Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the kind of creative brain where I'm just, like, I have all these ideas flowing at all times. Like, I definitely have concepts that I've just come up with myself and, like, whatever. But I always have to have inspiration before I do that or, like, project guidelines or something like Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. I work that I can get creative within and kind of make my own. But I found that's really different. Like, a lot of people are just, like, no, like, I just have an idea and I go do it or I like want it to be something I haven't seen before or I don't want it to be inspired by something which I totally respect and understand and I almost wish my brain worked like that but I just I definitely pull influence so you need like all. a like a jumping off point kind like of you see yeah. something and you're like okay that's cool yeah how would I do that almost yeah or yeah. like even in like that's why I enjoyed scat so much because it was just like like I would have a lot of trouble in the beginning of like my portfolio-based classes where it was just like basically you're picking like shoot whatever you want to shoot mm-hmm. all quarter like yeah. you can shoot multiple or you can do one long project and like I would spend probably the first couple weeks like really racking my brain on like what I wanted to do but I always have to start with like some source of inspiration like a lot of times I'll just go onto Pinterest or Instagram and I'll just start scrolling and I'll just save a bunch of stuff and I won't go look at the board I won't like like kind of consider if it's all matching or whatever or if it's a concept and then a lot of times I'll go look after I've saved a bunch of stuff and it's like a very clear direction and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I had no idea I was feeling that way but cool like let's go that direction and like build off of that 
But I, yeah, I have trouble though, just kind of like, and I definitely sometimes have concept ideas where I'm like, oh, that would be like a really cool concept idea. Like, I don't think I've seen that before, but more often than not, I need either a project that's like, okay, do this with this, get creative or like a source. Or even like a prompt. A prompt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. What do you feel like is the most difficult part of the process for you from like ideation to final? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I feel like (laughs) as fun as editing is for me, that's always just the mental block where it's like, I'll do it. And I don't do a lot. Most of my stuff in post is just me messing with colors. Mm -hmm. Like I want it to look more pastel or dreamy or Mm -hmm. saturated or whatever. And so that's what I'm playing with. Or even literally the clarity bumping it down. So it looks like fuzzy, you know, things like that. Um, So it's not like super involved. It's not like I'm spending like 15 hours on Photoshop on an image, but it's like, usually I also like so many that, Mm -hmm. you know, I just get there and I'm just like, Oh, I feel that (laughs) like paring down photos. I have to give myself like three days to mm. just pare down a set of photos like that's when I messaged you earlier and I was like oh I'm so overwhelmed with editing like I had a shoot last week and we shot over a thousand photos because we did like six different looks mm-hmm. and I'm still paring down yeah. photos from that like that is and definitely hard for it, me to, yeah right yeah like I swear to god I'll pick out 30 images say yeah. that's just the number right yeah. And then the next day I'll wake up and I'm like, why did I sleep on this one? Yeah, literally. No, literally. <laughs> and it like never stops though either. Yeah, like no. I could just do that every day. But and like, then I'm like, this one's good. Huh, I feel like I had a different one than I liked. And then I go back to my big set and I start adding them back in. It's like a mess. I would say, I don't know if that's like probably the biggest, like, what, what did we call it? Like roadblock. Or yeah, like, or you know, like mental, hurdle, I Mental blocks. Sorry, yeah. I talk with my hands. Like, you're okay. not missing. Um... I think for me, it's just starting, honestly, like Mm. before the point before I start Pinteresting, like before I even start finding inspiration or like really communicating with my model or my, you know, team or whoever I'm working with is like, I don't know, I just find it hard to start. And then once I start, I'm like, it's good to go. And then I definitely get a little stress at the end, like with the editing. And I really enjoy editing. Like I will spend 15 hours on a photo, (laughs) just like I love retouching for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. I I just (laughs) don't. I, to me, like it just doesn't make sense in my brain. Yeah. Like it never looks how I expect it to look. So I have mad respect for people who are good at retouching because I'm like, couldn't be me. Like, especially when I meet a client, like, and this is why I don't like working with quote clients per mm-hmm. se. It's like, so you can do this and this and this to my face, right? And I'm like, have you ever looked at my yeah. work? <laughs> yeah. Does it look like I retouch people like that? You know yeah. what I mean? So that's interesting that you say yeah. that. I do really, I, it like soothes my, because I have a very like, I'm a very anxious person, but just like naturally. And so I, it almost like gives me something that I have to hyper focus on that. It's just like, like getting in the zone. I can just like forget for mm. like two hours and just sit on like one person's face, like cleaning it up or cleaning up hair or like yeah. fuzz or like, yeah, I enjoy that. I'll just have to take lessons from you because I feel <laughs> like that's a valuable skill just to have, even if it's not super in depth, you yeah. know? But man, I swear that was probably one of my biggest challenges in the class where I had to learn Photoshop. Yeah. Which is like going through these tutorials. Because I had a teacher too. Yeah. But just like, oh, I swear to God, there was one where we had to do where it was like her whole face and it was all these specific things. Yeah. The first like three times I did it, I was like, <laughs> homegirl looks like she had a battle with foundation oh or something. Like she no, looked like she morphed that. or something. It was yeah. bizarre. Well, 
And I definitely learned to love it. I definitely didn't, like, enjoy editing as much as I do now when I first started and, like, before the Photoshop classes. But I think it was, it's just, like, the satisfying before and after. I Mm -hmm. love that. Like, I think that's really why I enjoy it. But the process itself can be so like meticulous and it's it really it can be really draining though and sometimes I'm just not in the mood for it like Mm. there are times when I've like promised somebody photos in like two weeks and then two weeks comes up and I have to be like listen I'm so uh... sorry like (laughs) I'm gonna get them to you as soon as I can but I just haven't been in a headspace to like I definitely have to be in the right mood or it's just not happening because a lot of it too is like specifically in photoshop when it comes to like more technical retouching stuff it's like you'll try to solve a problem and create a new problem so then you have to decide if that new problem is smaller than the previous one and you want to build off that or if you want to go back and start over and try to like start with the same issue again and like it takes a lot of brain power for sure speaking of editing this is something i think about that i find is interesting so right now like i have a full-time job working Mm -hmm. at scad right so i'm not really doing creative projects for pay per Mm -hmm. se I get stuck in this land of like collaboration Mm -hmm. which I'm happy for because I make new connections and then I get the experience and then we both get something out of it Mm -hmm. you know especially when if a model has something to offer even if it's just my friend like they get nice pictures I get to create an idea you know that kind of deal but what I always find interesting is how to get to the point from taking pictures right Mm -hmm. then you share the pictures with the people to let them choose the ones that they like if you're giving them one specifically Mm because i find that the pictures i like are always different Mm -hmm. than what the person likes in themselves right yeah but then giving them those pictures that they like but edited yeah as opposed to giving them all the pictures Mm -hmm. and then them editing them. oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. because sometimes when it's my friends i don't necessarily care but then if my name is attached to it yeah, yeah and yeah. they do something to it that i wouldn't have done i feel like that's a weird gray area it's especially if so you're not like tricky. being paid for work per oh, se, yeah. and you're like using no. time you know it's i've had so many and it's honestly like you're so kind for letting them pick it all because <laughs> i don't let them pick i i don't give like i guess i just I try to explain to people that, like, part of my creative process is the curating and is, like, the paring down. And I Mm. promise I'm going to make you look good. And I promise I'm going to pick the most flattering ones because I'm looking at all these different things and making sure, you know, whatever. But I've definitely had instances. And it's, I think it's just ignorance on the other side. Like, people don't understand that, like, it's kind of a no-no to edit over a photographer's photos yeah. or to ask for raw files. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times I've had to be like, yeah, so I actually don't <laughs> give out raw files because yeah. you know, my name is attached to it. And I've said that so many. And people just don't get it. And so I try not to get, like, I used to get really frustrated with it because it's kind of a slap in the face, right? Like, you do, especially if you, like, pick the very best photos, spend, like, so many hours editing, and then you give them a set of, like, 30 photos, which is a lot. Like, that's a lot to right. edit and fully whatever. And even if it doesn't seem like a lot. And then they're like, great, so, like, can I actually see all of them? And I'm like, no, you can't. Right. <laughs> I always just feel so weird doing that, you yeah. know? And I feel like I just need to be better about that. But, like, 
I feel like I've been on both ends of the spectrum too. Yeah. Where I will give people raw images if I know them well, right? Trust yeah, them. yeah. I mean, they're not a random person, Definitely. right? Because most of the times they won't just take creative liberty with right. it. They'll just actually tell me the ones they like the best, which I would rather for them. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I definitely have moments where I thought an image would look a certain way in my head when I'm modeling, and then mm -hmm. I see it and I'm like, oh, yeah, don't love that yeah. so much, you yeah. know. <laughs> Although it's not like my vision per se. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird land to live in where it's like people, they just don't understand. Yeah. yeah there was really a guy who take pictures of my ex and I, and he ended up giving us back, like, I want to say maybe 20 pictures, mm -hmm. which again, like was, is a lot, but all of the ones that he chose, like neither of us were smiling. Oh. And except for one set that he had made which was like us like twirling we'd done a bunch of pictures and it was like in a heart with like a ribbon connector so it was super cute but i was like i was like hey like do you just happen to have any of us like smiling right. like i know maybe there weren't that many but if there was just like one good one yeah. it would be nice for it not uh, not to be smizing in everyone because they're yeah. like couple pictures you know yeah, yeah, yeah and he just like never responded which was annoying oh, yeah. yeah but you know i also thought about it before i sent it and i was like yeah these pictures are nice but like i we did actually pay him, yeah and he didn't even shoot the whole entire time like we ended early yeah. So, you know, I felt like I had some justification to asking that, but then he never responded. What you guys are not seeing right now is that both, <laughs> both of my animals are sitting with us during this podcast. Charlie was next to me last time and she meowed, but mm -hmm. Mabel is just straight up in Evelyn's lap right now. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think that's like one of the hard parts about being a photographer it's the end process that's yeah. why i just don't like working with clients that's why i feel like ideally i would work with an actual like art client you know like yeah. not a random person who's like oh you do fashion okay right. can you retouch my face and you can make, make my waist look thinner and you can do, you do this and that and this and i'm like yeah you didn't do any research about my work if you think i'm gonna do that because that's not what i do yeah you know like i do fashion but it's more under the creative umbrella mm -hmm. it's not like glamour shots right. I guess you could say although right. they sometimes are yeah, that's like yeah. my biggest challenge because I had a lady that I did pictures for once and they were a really nice couple but I was still in school and they asked me the day of to do engagement pictures for them oh on gosh. location oh, and I was like you know what I'll do it I'm a student I need some money I know I'm able to do it my best friend came with me and held my reflector and stuff but this lady just had such specific ideas about what she wanted for her images and she was so talking to me the whole time about like what she wanted retouched and all mm -hmm. this stuff and it just was like yeah Especially I could for tell a that I was shoot. like her last choice mm -hmm. you know and yeah. that she didn't really know anything about me except that I knew like her son mm -hmm. and that's why she asked me to do it and like I'm flattered but also like you don't just go to like a concert photographer specifically right. and say hey can you do my engagement photos yeah. in this dreamy place they'll be yeah. like do you have you looked at yeah. my work, you know, so I think that's, like, I have respect for people who on the, like, front work with just random clients. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> because that's so difficult. And, like, when I was in high school, too, on the side, like, I would sometimes do, like, prom photos or, mm -hmm. like, family photos. Senior for, pictures. Like, yeah, senior yeah. pictures, like, people my parents knew were, you know, friends of friends kind of thing. And it just gets so... It's, like, such a gray area a lot of the times, mm -hmm. and the expectations are just never clearly communicated, and then you have a lot of, like, going back and fixing, or, like, mm -hmm. going back and looking for XYZ in a photo that 
they didn't do, <laughs> like, right. pose they didn't yeah. do, or, like, you know, stuff like that. It's very, no, I agree, like, and I think that's one reason why I've, like, at least at the moment, I'm not anti-freelance, but I'm just not in a place where I want to deal with all of the stuff that comes with, with freelance, yeah. because it's so exhausting, and you have to be so extra motivated and on it to do that, which mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in the mood to do, but a lot of times I'm just, like, you know, I don't want to, yeah. it's, like, it always feels so much more high stakes, I think, I don't know why, but it just, there's more pressure when you're working with, like, directly with somebody, and there's not, like, mm-hmm. a middleman, like, a company, or, like, right. you know, it's For sure. tricky. Yeah. Um, what made you end up, like, deciding to study photography through college? Did you always want to do that, or, like, what were the circumstances kind of leading to that decision? yeah. Well, pretty much as soon as I started shooting concerts, I was like, yep, photography, that's, like, that's it. And I had always known I wanted to do something creative. Like, when I was four, I was, like, set on being a fashion designer. (laughs) And, like, it was always, like, when it was like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? It was always, like, something creative. Um, But, yeah, I think when I started concert photography, I'm pretty sure at that first concert that I shot that I was talking about earlier... There was, like, another girl there, and she was talking about how, like, she was in photo school, I think, in... Oh, I don't remember where it was. Um, But I was like, oh, cool, like, I'll look into that. Like, I was already, like, Mm kind of set on it. Um, And it was funny because with SCAD specifically, like, where I went to high school, we had, like I said, like, just a nutty art teacher. She was insane. We drew white rocks for six weeks straight. Like, she's, like... (laughs) nuts and like she would like read people but like not do a good job at all like I think on the very first day of school my freshman year because it was my first class of the day and she like was like pointing at people and just being like you're really outgoing or like (laughs) you're like xyz and at first I was like oh this is like exciting and then she would get it so wrong But then would, like, get mad when the person would be like, no, not really. Like, she looked at me and was like, you're really energetic. Are you going to be a talker? And I was like, girl. (laughs) I was like, you absolutely missed the mark on that one. Like, I will probably only say five words to you in our entire, like, (laughs) time of knowing each other. Like, I've never, like, I don't know. You're so incorrect. And she would get everybody. She was just a nut. Sorry, I digress. But, um... She, like, just absolutely hated SCAD for some reason and would talk all the time about how, oh, they just take anybody's money and they'll let anybody in and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I, so that was, like, my only perception of SCAD. So I really had no idea I wanted to go there and I was kind of set on not going there because that was all I had heard about it. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm -hmm. like, my junior, I think it was maybe the end of my sophomore year or, like, beginning of my junior year, a friend of my mom. A friend, <laughs> a friend, <laughs> a friend of mine was like, "Oh, I'm going on a tour of SCAD. Like, I know you're into like art. Like, do you want to come with?" And I was like, "Yeah." So, him and his mom and me and my mom went, and like on the way there, I said something to my mom like, "I mean, like, it's not like I'm gonna go here." And then, like halfway through the tour, I looked at my mom and I was like, "Remember when I saw that there?" <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Um, so, yeah, the, I pretty much knew. Did I you tour to Savannah or Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah, because nice. I'm from Marietta. So, so you went to Atlanta the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think people who talk badly about SCAD live in a few camps. They 
either don't have a lot of experience with it Mm -hmm. or they had experience with a person who didn't expect the course load yeah or didn't put in what they wanted to get out of it because i think people think because the name is what it is Mm -hmm. which it does carry weight but that they'll automatically like get their dream job after yeah, they graduate. Yeah, definitely. And that's just like not how it works. Like just because you went to law school, the best one ever, doesn't right. mean you're gonna immediately be a successful lawyer after right. you graduate, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like I think people, like we said earlier, they don't expect how much of work it is. Mm-hmm. It is a high price tag. Yeah. Um, and it's just you have to put a lot into it. Like yeah. I, it wasn't my first experience in college by the time I went to SCAD, mm-hmm. so I kind of knew. Like, what should I ask about what I have access to as a student? What extra things can I do for career building outside of my classes? Things like that. Things that I didn't ask my first years in college, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I think it just, it can get a bad rap from certain Mm -hmm. people who think that they're just going to, like, graduate and get a job at Pixar. Yeah. I'm like, the people who do that, they live, breathe, sleep, and eat Pixar. They go to anything extra that has to do with their area of study. They make the connections at school. They make the connections through that and then they put in any work that they can to getting that job and if they don't get it right away they just keep working on their portfolio till they get that job yeah you know i think people just expect it scad specifically because of their name but just in any college that like if they go to a good school they'll just automatically get a job yeah and that's not how the world works right no and i think (laughs) it is like it is sold to you in a certain way like oh all of our graduates like get a job like this amount of time after graduating in their field or xyz and so you kind of I think a lot of people just get lost in the shiny you know Mm -hmm. like package and then forget that like it actually is a lot of work and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's what you do with the resources not just that they're there kind of thing um and relationships matter oh yeah definitely I think that's like I'm still trying to get better at networking but like I think that really is so huge in any creative field but um really specifically like the ones that are offered at SCAD Mm -hmm. because like I can't tell you how many times like especially like and I think I learned that early on like with concert photography because it was basically like if you know somebody in a band you'll get a tour but Mm -hmm. you could be the best concert photographer in the world and unless you you know have a connection in the music industry like you're not getting one like they'll take their brother who owns a camera over a professional concert photographer any day so Mm -hmm. I did learn that early on and kind of had that mindset going into SCAD but again just didn't realize how much like human connection and relationships will get you so much further and like if you think about it as also a working like professional in the artistic world right is nothing is ever really fully your own Mm-hmm. right like it is but you usually will have at least one other person working on the ideas with you right yeah which is something I enjoyed about being in school there is you do get to work with people across majors mm-hmm. and like collaborate on things because that's important yeah. but it's like do people want to work with you mm-hmm. that yeah. matters yeah. getting hired Definitely. they're like how do they work how are they with other people's ideas especially if you're on a team of people who are working together to make ideas yeah. not just okay, you're a child prodigy and everything you make is magic and everyone's just going to do what you say. Right. Like, that's a lot less it's found common. these yeah. days. So it's like, are you good to work with? Would yeah. someone actually recommend you because they had a good time working with you and you get things done? Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's another thing, you know, you just... And you have to, like, care, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of connections that I made, 
since I was virtual, I would email my teachers before the class started. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hey, this is me. You know, we'll see each other on Zoom, but like I won't be in your classroom. Yeah. What do you expect out of like a good student? Mm-hmm. You know, and even just having those little things here and there, like with my Trong teacher, I end up having an assignment where I was like, hey, I really feel like I hit the mark more on this than you gave me for a score and she fixed the score. Wow. You know, just yeah, having yeah. those little yeah. connections because it's not like I'm here like, oh, well, I'm doing nothing in your class and right. I don't care, but you should have given me a better grade. It's yeah. like, hey, I actually worked really hard on this. Right. I yeah. felt like I made the mark. Can, yeah. like, can you reconsider? Definitely. Um, but networking is just so important and I feel like it's kind of easier, kind of harder with the internet, right? Yeah. Like you can find anyone, like for example, models. Mm-hmm. Do you ever like collaborate with people from online? Yeah, definitely. I feel like most of, especially through SCAD, it's like, it's a lot of just like a trade of like, hey, you model or you want pictures of yourself? Like I'll take pictures of you for free if, you know, I can use if them. I and then you can, mm-hmm. you know, have the photos for whatever you'd like. But um, yeah, I would say like, 90% of my work is just like people I've either met through friends or through SCAD or on Instagram and just like DMing them. Yeah, do you DM them first? Yeah. Will you usually <laughs> reference a specific idea you have or will you reference something they've already posted that you like that you're like, I like this, we should do something like that? You know, like yeah. what's your kind of like wording like? I'm usually, I usually look for a model after I've kind of picked a direction to go in mm. because I feel like certain people's like energies will mesh more with different ideas. For sure. So I'll kind of come up with like, you know, find inspiration, come up with a direction and then be like, hey, like I have this shoot. It's going to be this general vibe. If that's something you're into, like love to shoot with you. You can have the photos and you know, kind of, like, yeah. there. But I'm kind of selective with, like, mm. models. And I try to be, like, like, I love shooting, but I'm also, like, kind of protective about my work in a way. Like, I think because I've had so many of those experiences where it's, like, people just don't understand the process and then end up making it a sour experience instead of, like, a really joyful, like, collaborative one. And so I'm... A little more selective than I used to be for sure but yeah I definitely reach out yeah I would do that too now that I'm here I would like to like make some more connections but Mm -hmm. for me it's also always this like inner battle of like okay well I need to grow my portfolio Mm -hmm. I'm not that into taking self-portraits only because I don't mind being in front of the camera but I feel like I can't achieve a lot of what I'm trying to get with my tools that I'm holding by hand while also modeling like it just doesn't really work out for me um but I'll just get stuck in this loop of like oh well I went to school to get this degree to get paid to do these pictures Mm -hmm. but now I'm just doing collaborations which is still valuable because it's still going to my portfolio but then I'm just not getting these paid sessions yeah which is like the whole idea yeah but I also don't necessarily want random clients unless they come to me because they like my work and they want that style you know so it's just like this never-ending like okay because yeah. I am creative. I want to be creative. I want to be able to do that. And I like working with people who also see the vision. I'm lucky to have a lot of friends who I'll be like, I have this dress. Let's do something with it. Yeah. And then, like, my friend Alex and St. Pete, she'll be like, okay. And she'll bring, like, 80 fucking other outfits. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, with I her. love people. And then we'll that. just be in the park shooting and we'll yeah. make some great stuff, you know. And so that's all very valuable. Definitely. You know, it's not to diminish it. I just get stuck in this, like, man, I just spent a lot of money to get this degree for people to, like, but it's, like, that never-ending cycle, too, right, where until people know you, 
mm-hmm. and there's like a quote value to your name, kind right, of like a designer right. brand, yeah. then they, they're not going to want to pay the price I feel like I need to charge either, right? Yeah. Because at this point, I'm sitting at about, to me, what's fair is about like $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's flexible. Like yeah. if I'm doing a full creative theme with you, we're right. shooting an hour and a half, I'm going to yeah. give you a bunch of edited images. I usually will say to a client around like 450 bucks, mm-hmm. which I still feel like is not that much. Yeah. But I also feel weird charging it. No, because I, I totally, still haven't worked that long. Yeah. You know? No, I feel it's the imposter syndrome. It's so real. It's but so crappy because it it's like I've literally taken photos like half of my life on yeah. this earth basically. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. it's something I've developed over that time and have a unique vision and like when I do have a vision I am very controlling over right, it you know yeah. I've picked the place I've picked the outfit I've mm-hmm. picked the makeup sometimes I'll do it myself you know yeah, yeah. I've picked the hairstyle I've picked the theme I've picked the tools like everything is just like my hand is in it exactly yeah. and that's like not something everyone can do mm-hmm. you know so it's like multiple skills combined but then that imposter syndrome is just like it's crazy and I feel like I totally feel that exact same thing all the time. And I feel like I've really had to separate out, like, my personal work. I kind of, like, my portfolio work, like, the stuff I post on Instagram, like, the stuff I really curate and, like, really want to represent, like, my work. I really never charge for that. Like, I really save that to just be, like, for me, for my ideas, for my portfolio. And then... I'll do, like, the family portraits and the Mm. whatever. And I don't enjoy it that much. I mean, of course, it's still, like, getting paid to do photos is, you know, going to be better than getting paid to, you know, work at a grocery store, for me at least. But it is – I have had to really separate them out and, like, be okay with, like – I think I've had to really find the value in, like, just making work to put out, like, and that being enough and not getting paid for that if it's work I really love – which I honestly think has made my work better or at least helped me in the mindset of like, cause I, I get really, and that's, a, I think a lot of the reason I don't really want to go the freelance route when it comes to like my, cause most of what I do is like portraiture, editorial style kind of stuff. And I definitely don't want to go the freelance route with that right now because I'm not really at a point where I feel like, I mean, I'm definitely not well-known. So it's like, mm-hmm. like you said, like, unless you're well-known, people aren't going to respect it as much as they should. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like keep it as my thing that I can have total control over. And then I'll do the family photos with all of the annoying details and all of the like stipulations from the people who want them and all of that. But I, it is really hard to like keep them different. You have to switch gears for sure. Cause I've done a few family sessions too, which Honestly, it actually wasn't even that bad because I knew the people. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being fun. Yeah. And it was just cute to see them in their element. And they liked the pictures and it was whatever, you know. Yeah. But I'm definitely not, like, out here chomping at the bit right. to do that. Like, I don't mark it as that. Yeah. You know, like, my if people specifically ask me, hey, you're into photography. I've seen your work. I like it. Will you do this for me? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and I feel like that being said, there that goes hand in hand with the imposter syndrome is I feel like looking back on it too, I've definitely undercharged people. Oh my God. When I look I at other people's, do. I like, still do as well. I, it was, <laughs> it's a struggle out here. No, for real. It was so eye opening when, when I taught the, the classes over the summer, there was this one girl who she was like already killing it. Like she had her own camera, really nice camera, like nicer than my camera, like knew all the settings, like had a portfolio, had a website. And everything. And I was like, girl, why are you here? <laughs> but like, you're, yeah, you're killing it. Like, you don't need 
my assistance, but um, she still got something out of it for sure. But I was like looking at, she sent me her website so I could look at it. And like, she like had prices on there and like her base like thing was like 275 for like an hour shoot with like so many, so many photos. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm so undercharged. Me too. I, like, I have a degree. <laughs> I have a degree and I don't like, what is that? I think it comes from like, specifically with photography, I've found like a lot of photographers start when they're young. And so mm-hmm. you're used to not charging a lot because you're used to being like yeah. an amateur photographer right. or like, a, oh, she's a student photographer. So you'll get a deal or things like that. And it's so hard to get out of that mindset. Like I actually have no concept of what, and I've been <laughs> through the business of photography classes Literally. and the business classes. And I still don't like, cause it feels so wrong to like charge right. that much. And I'm, But then I, you yeah. look at like anyone else's livable career wage right. and, and you're, you're like, like, wait yeah. a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and for your specific style, you know, if people, Especially if they come to you because they're like, oh, I like this that you do. Mm -hmm. That's 12 years of my life that have led me to this moment. Mm -hmm. You got some, like, interest accruing for all the years of skill that you've put in, you know, to, like, develop that. But, yeah, it's an interesting landscape to – do you have any mantras or, like, things that you try to use for yourself to get you out of that headspace if you're ever feeling like that imposter syndrome? Because for me – I feel like I'll go the route where I'll either post about it on social media Mm -hmm. and then hearing other people's feelings about it helps me feel like unified with the other artists that struggle with that, you know? Yeah. But I haven't really found outside of, I guess, shooting more Mm -hmm. to get better. I don't really have like a solid way to like work out of that, I guess. I always just ask my mom. (laughs) Nice. It sounds so like silly, but it's so true. I'll be like, so is this like, like, would you pay that? Like, if it was me and I was getting, like, would you pay for your kid to, like, have photos and, like, would how much would you pay for that? And she, like, always reassures me, like, no, like, people, like, if they go to a professional, like, it's going to be, like, 500 plus dollars. Like, you're getting Literally. them a deal still. So mm-hmm. if that's what you want to charge, that's fine. Like, and if they say no, you shouldn't, you know, like, shoot for them. Like, it means right. they don't respect it as much as they should. Or, or they just maybe can't do that right now and you know Mm -hmm. but and then also like my brother is kind of in the process of starting his own business he does like woodworking and Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. um and we always talk about how like we undercharge sorry I keep kicking you um (laughs) about how we undercharge so I think we kind of serve as like each other's like Mm -hmm. pep talker in the background being like no charge more for that like you deserve more for that like kind of thing so that helps but yeah and then just like talking to other people about it and hearing what I think like like money transparency is so important today and Mm -hmm. I know it makes some people really uncomfortable to talk about how much money they make so I always try to be like cautious and be like well if you're comfortable talking about it and things like that but I think it is so important to talk about and I really enjoy just like learning about it because I think it's only going to benefit everybody you know Mm -hmm. if we understand like how much you should be charging and what you can you know realistically charge and make the most out of like the work you're doing because we do spend a lot of money to go to school so and I think there's a joke too about how like um exposure 
you yeah. know? Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's me. it's ironic because it can also be true. Mm-hmm. It depends what you're working with, right? If there actually is, like, someone or something with yeah. an established following and you know you're going to get your work in front of people that matter to you in your yeah. industry, that would be valuable, you know? But, like, that's something you learn about a lot in SCAD, too, like, about the business side of things, which yeah. I really appreciated because... Um, like even just learning how to put your work in galleries or to go mm-hmm. through that whole scenario, it's like, there are things to look out for, like yeah. little red flags, you know, Definitely. you want to be careful about, you know, just how you're putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. But as an artist, I found, especially with like my jewelry business, I think another thing that holds me back financially is just that I'll barter with people a lot. Mm-hmm. Cause I like to do that. If it's like yeah. a similar dollar value trade. If you have a skill and I have a skill, you know, like when I would sell jewelry at fairs, I would be like, I would walk around, talk to other vendors. And if I saw something I liked, I'd be like, I'll buy this from you. Or if you like something that I made, we can just trade. But like no pressure either way because some people just need to make money. Right. You know, but a lot of people would be down for it. Yeah. And they would see something they liked and it was just a cool exchange. And then we're like on good terms. It's like my best friend. She'll do my hair and I'll take pictures for her Mm -hmm. because that is like an even exchange. You know, it costs a lot to get your hair dyed and done and stuff like that. So I think that's cool. But I think sometimes it does hold me back, too, because it's like, okay, this is still a trade. Like I still would have spent this money on this service, but also I'm still not making money. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so. Yeah. So it's it's rough out there. I really have respect for people who have found their way, especially in freelance. With mm-hmm. photography because yeah, it's, it's a lot even just to have your own business on the tax side of things yeah. you know because i've seen that oh just my from gosh. my jewelry business and that's so much it's insane it's so like, involved going back to like i was talking to my brother literally last night about that and he has a friend who has like a pretty solid freelance woodworking business and he does like cabinets and stuff like that and he made like ninety thousand last year was his like gross income and then taxes took like 36,000 yeah it's crazy and he was left with like 50 something yeah like that's I was like what like I still don't understand taxes no I don't either but I was like whoa my mom's like Leah you need to understand taxes I I am gonna give all of those accountants their job oh by handing them my information and saying here you go it's tax no because that's so worth it you know I'm I literally like I'm gonna have to pay my dad and like Dunkin Donuts to help me with that. No, seriously. It's, it's so a lot. It's different tax. from just like you yeah. have a job and you give your W-2 or whatever. Right, it's right. a whole it's, different thing. You yeah. have like, what have you put into it? Plus it's like things that you wouldn't expect to mm-hmm. like. So for like photography, for example, if you were to do that as a business, you know, the money you're making and then the money you're spending. So like right. you're actually keeping track of what the mileage you're traveling right. for the gas and yeah. your car insurance technically would probably count because yeah. you're driving to places and that falls under the umbrella of things that you're using to shoot. Yeah. And then the things that you buy for your shoots and then you're keeping track of all that all year. Otherwise you can't write it off. Literally, so it's just it's like, so it's, there's so much. You happening. have to be so organized and so like that. I'm so like in awe of people who, like have their own businesses and like do it all themselves that is so hard to do it is it's insane and for me personally it just like I was saying it drains the other aspects of the creative part that I really like yeah and so it's a balance like I really do have respect for people who are so because I feel like I'm very self-motivated too like Mm -hmm. I get a lot done myself but I hit 
peaks and valleys you know and then like right now I feel like after moving I was kind of in a valley where like nothing was really happening creatively because I was starting a new full-time job and I moved to a new place and everything and so like I wasn't posting on any of my social media creatively outside like my personal stuff yeah and then because of that then I wasn't making sales then I wasn't doing creative things then I wasn't making more stuff to post and then now we're back at like ground zero where it's like okay well, I'm interviewing people again. Now I'm going to try to set up some photo shoots. And it's like, you have to just always be on. Yeah. And I find definitely. that I'm not like a super workaholic like that. Yeah, yeah. So I it can get neither. really challenging. I love naps and breaks. And like, <laughs> I love just existing. No, for real. Bottom line. Yeah. Just oh, being alive. <laughs> no, that's like, yeah, that is so hard. And that's like, I'm trying to kind of like pre-plan because I'm about to start a new full-time job and it's Mm -hmm. like a nine to five Monday through Friday situation and I just already know that's going to take a lot out of me because it is a photo and editing job so I'm worried and I'm trying not to be too worried because I don't want to psych myself out about it but I'm just worried that I'm going to be so exhausted from like doing that all week that like on the weekends I'm going to start not shooting as much and things like that and I've I've tried to keep my momentum from SCAD, like, to pull me through. Like, I just did my first shoot, like, post-grad, I guess. And I have another one tomorrow. And I'm, like, trying to keep them, like, rolling so that I don't get in that, like, stuck Mm -hmm. spot where I'm, like, I want to, but I don't have any energy to or I just don't have, like, the brain power to kind of thing. So. That's a serious thing. Like, I think having a schedule helps if you're a schedule kind of person, yeah. even if it's just like, okay, my goal for this month is one one time in right. the first month of me working, I'm going to shoot something. Yeah. Yeah. One time, that's it. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what it is. You know, and then just kind of work up from there. But, like, just put it in your schedule tentatively on, like, a Sunday. I'm going to have to do that. Like, I'm going to yeah. go on a walk, and I'm just going to take a picture of flowers Our or something. Our girly photo walk. That's yeah, what exactly. Yeah, there we be. go. We'll go and walk, and we'll take pictures. Yeah. But I found, I don't know, I used to be very, like, not committal to a schedule. But yeah. now that I'm working in 9 to 5, I feel like it helps to have the structure. I, yeah. I, I like, when I was younger I mean like in high school I felt like I was this really creative person I had no I was not organized I was not like tidy like I didn't like schedules things like that stressed me out but now Mm -hmm. I rely on them so much to keep me like sane and like I love my space to be clean and I love I love having something to show up to and I think Scat another thing Scat taught me was that I really love a schedule and like having somewhere to be and having things to plan and like that helps with like anxiety so much for too sure because it just keeps you moving like I found like if I if I rest for too long like if I have like a week where I don't have anything going on like I don't have editing to do I don't have like big errands to run I don't have shoots or anything like I get so anxious so fast mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm going insane like I very much like having so I'm hoping that I'm really going to enjoy the 9 to 5 situation, but I'm also hoping like, it doesn't drain me too much. Yeah, I think it will take an adjustment. It did yeah. for me, too, where I got to a point where I was like, okay, I go to work, I go to the gym, I do my like morning-evening routine, which isn't that long, and then like I go home. Then I realized like the social aspect of my life was missing, right? Yeah. So then I would pick one day a week where I would go out after work. Even if I was kind of tired, I would push myself to do it. Yeah. And every time I was, like, so fulfilled and I felt so much better afterwards. Yeah. But it just comes down to, like, 
what do you want to make time yeah. for and where can you sacrifice little bits here and there? Like, okay, I'll be tired one night, but right. I'll actually get something out of what's happening in my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get better about that too because I feel like I'm, I'm a very... I'm very much an introvert and I will like, I'm also just so it's not that I think I'm bad at communicating when it comes to social stuff, but I think I just, again, it's like that thing of starting that's hard for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'll see a message and I'll be like, okay, wait, but I have to fully think through my whole like week where I have to fully think through this before I can respond and make a plan or like things like that. So then I get stuck like, socially a lot where I like don't see people for once or I don't Mm. you know talk to people or catch up with people because I just get so like in my brain kind of thing I get that I get bad at like speaking of scheduling I just get really bad at starting projects Mm -hmm. like I'll have a billion ideas yeah I'll have Pinterest boards I'll have just specific colors where I'm like this is what I want to shoot this is the vibe I'm looking at I'll have like this notebook where I'll write down ideas for like this podcast or things I want to change or whatever and I'll just have like too many Mm -hmm. and then I'll just never start it yeah even though I have some kind of framework and I realize that like I think that it's just some bit of laziness where like if I just took a few extra steps to, like, go from brainstorming to, like, make an actual visual plan, like, I would have to do school, for example, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Like, yeah. in the beginning of this notebook that I have, it was while I was in school, and I was, like, literally, you know, yeah. putting out my ideas for this specific project, and I would print out the assignment, and then I would yeah. put all these things in here that were my personal notes as I was brainstorming, and then feedback from the teacher and things like that, you know, and then mm-hmm. sketching. And then I would just put it all together like this. Yeah. You know, and that I don't really necessarily do in my own time. It's yeah. kind of half effort. This. Right. No, I feel Whereas that. this helped me really execute what I wanted to do. Definitely. I am such a like cheerleader for pre-production. Like it mm-hmm. is actually so insanely helpful. And I never realized that until I was in like a studio setting and a school setting where like you really, they like actually check mood boards and they check mm-hmm. to see if you're like pre-planning. But I think really what it does is just gives you the time to problem solve beforehand, which makes your shoots so much more efficient. And like you've already predicted things that could go wrong and thought through them and thought of plan B's and plan C's and like Mm -hmm. I think that's so helpful like and for a team right definitely like if you're trying to not just do this by yourself Mm -hmm. other people need to be able to look at and understand what you're trying to achieve yeah even if it's just like the essence of the project right like you're that's another reason why I really like scat amp is because it really helped me to like talk about my ideas Mm -hmm. with other creatives outside of just like yeah like you know yeah like this (laughs) It would be kind of hazy. I'm like, <laughs> that's it, you know? Yeah. I see it in my head, but it's not there. Um, so I have two questions that I always ask okay. people before the end of the podcast. So one of them is, I feel like maybe we kind of already touched on this, but like, what's something that you wish that you knew that you know now before you like started taking pictures? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a tough question. I feel like I'm going to think too hard about it. It can even be something simple. Like, I wish... I think... Hmm. I wish I had understood raw images more. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I wish someone had actually explained to me mm-hmm. what it is yeah. and how I could use it. I mean, I didn't really use editing softwares before, but I yeah. probably would have dabbled sooner mm-hmm. if I had any concept of what that was. Yeah, you know? I think kind of in a similar direction. I just wish I knew, like, to learn editing while I was learning the photo basics because I think learning them together... it. Together, <laughs> together is really helpful and kind of makes you understand the other better. Like, mm. I think, yeah, I think I enjoyed like the way SCAD had it set up where like you do a lot of your basic photo classes and then you get into like your more intense like digital imaging classes. But I think it's also helpful to take them at the same time because then like you'll be editing something and you'd be like, oh, that is something I wish I had fixed in camera versus trying mm. to fix it in post yeah. or like oh, I see how that light looks. You know, just things like that. I think, you know, maybe, like, dabbling in both is a good way to start. For sure. I think it's probably easier now to, you know, when we were, when I was growing up, you still had to buy Photoshop on discs, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a little more accessible now, you know, if you pay the monthly fee and you can just have it online or whatever, it's a little more accessible. But, yeah, I think that's a really good point, especially if you, you do want to do things that are commercial, because at some point you're going to have to know at least the basics right. of the programs. So yeah. it's good to just start right away. Yeah. And then what is something that you wish for, like, the general creative collective for the rest of the year? Oh, gosh. Good things. <laughs> uh, money. <laughs> money, yeah. Um, I don't know, like... I hope that, and I think I'm starting to see, I don't, I'm hoping I'm answering this question correctly, but I think I'm starting to see a shift towards this, but I think there's still this kind of like mindset that I think comes with like social media and stuff that like you have to be always shooting and you have to be always doing something creative to be a real creative or like you Mm. have to be posting absolutely everything you do and like anything like that to be successful in it or or like you have to be so obsessed with it that you want to do it every day to like be successful in it and I think that's such a big misconception and I don't know if I I think I do have a different relationship with like my creative career path than some people do and that a lot of people who end up going into it do because I just have a very like it is work yeah mindset with Mm -hmm. it like I love it but it is work to me and like a lot of times, like, even if I go on, I'm going on a tangent, but even if I, like, go on vacation or something, a lot of times I don't take pictures. Or, like, I don't Same. take pictures of myself. Or just or, on like, my phone. Yeah, things like that, because, like, I don't, it's, like, it is, it's just work. Like, I think of it mm-hmm. in a very work mindset. And so, and I think, like, I see online a lot, like, this idea that you just have to be coming up with original thoughts and doing it all the time to be successful in it. And you just have to be so obsessed with it and all of that and it's like yeah sometimes I don't feel like taking photos like sometimes I get burnt out with taking photos and I want a break like that's okay Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean you're not going to be successful in it that just means like maybe you have a different relationship and I think that's more people than not have that kind of relationship with it but I think like a lot of what we see is those few people who like blow up because Mm -hmm. they are just doing it all the time and that's amazing but I think it's most the people minority. don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I think, and so I think it can be a misconception because I have struggled with that before where I'm just like, am I just, like, not that into it? Like, am I just not, am I not going to be good at it because I don't, like, eat, breathe, sleep, 
photo. Yeah. Like, and that's totally not the case. But so I would hope that maybe there's more of a shift towards like expanding, you know, people's viewpoint and perspective on like what it can be to have a creative career and like go in that direction because I think there is a lot of misconception that and good things and money <laughs> yes <laughs> oh well thank you so much for talking to me Thanks I'm excited to have some more amazing episodes and interviews with people to share so where can people find you on Instagram okay so my Instagram is at evvie.a Nice. And you have a website? <laughs> I do. It's just evelynarmstrongphoto.com. Nice. All right. Go and give her the love, and I'll see you guys in a few weeks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>